You guys want to hear something weird? Something really coincidental? So there's a county in New York. It's called Nassau County. It's out in Long Island, right on the border of Queens. For decades, Nassau County has been reliably Democrat, albeit sometimes by tight margins. Then, a couple of years ago, Nassau County voters decided they had had enough and they elected Republicans down the ballot. Here's how the New York Times reported that surprise Republican victory. Why Republicans won in a New York County where Democrats outnumber them. Voters readily ousted Democrats in Nassau County on Long Island. Electing Republicans down the ballot goes on. What a crazy, what a crazy turn of events. That article is from November 8th, 2021. Now it's May 2023. And what do you know? Some kind of glitch just turned every single registered voter in Nassau Democrat. Here's how NBC just reported on this strange occurrence. Human error turns every registered Nassau County voter Democrat. Spokesperson called it an isolated event. We apologize for our mistake. Whoopsie daisy. They're blaming the error on a graphics company that printed the voter information cards that were just mailed out before the upcoming primary elections. They say, Phoenix Graphics Incorporated made a human error on voter information cards for Nassau County. We take responsibility for that. This is an isolated event, but we apologize for our mistake, especially to Nassau County officials who bear no responsibility for this problem. We have fixed the error. Okay. Okay. Sure. Little coincidental, but fine. Let's say that the notoriously corrupt Democrat politicians in New York had nothing to do with this. Let's say that the dubious technologies that increasingly run our elections had nothing to do with this. Let's say it was just an oopsie daisy, yet another one of the oopsie daisies that only ever seem to run in one direction. Whatever the problem, the crisis we're dealing with is not one of personnel or technology. Neither side trusts the elections because neither side trusts the institutions that run the elections because neither side trusts that the other side is even interested in pursuing the common good. In other words, the problem that we're dealing with is a crisis of regime. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. We have got great footage of a Nebraska Democrat state senator making an extraordinarily articulate argument for transgenderism. It's not objectively articulate, but it is relatively articulate compared to all the other arguments for transgenderism. We'll get to that in just a little second. First, though, our political order is increasingly a farce. Forget about the, the one New York county that flips and goes Republican. Oh, oopsie daisy, now all of, the, all of the voters are Democrats, every single one. Now, forget about that for a second. Just look even at basic law and order issues. Do you remember the story? We covered it on the show a little while ago about a 42-year-old man who killed an 18-year-old kid, a teenager, for seeming like he was a Republican. That w- that's not even the spin wild version of the story. That's what the guy admits. This 40 plus year old man killed a teenager because the teenager 
seemed like he might have been a Republican. 18-year-old's name, Kaler Ellingson. He ran him over with an SUV because he viewed him as, quote, part of a Republican extremist group. That guy, he just got the charges thrown at him. He faces a maximum of 10 years in prison. Now, of course, I don't even want to say it because that's going to be the epitaph on the headstone of conservatism, but you know, Imagine if the roles were reversed. Imagine, of course, it would be a national news story. You probably haven't even heard of this story other than listening to this show. That is farcical. It's a horrific miscarriage of justice. That's farcical that this guy, this psycho lib, is getting a maximum of 10 years in prison for killing a, a kid for being a Republican. That's not even the craziest headline this week. Here's a crazier one. This is from the post-millennial. An axe-wielding black man who set Asian UC Berkeley students on fire with a blowtorch will face no jail time. This is a man who was found guilty. So it's not even that that he's just being accused. He was found guilty of lighting UC Berkeley students on fire inside a boba tea shop in 2020 with a blowtorch. He has been released from custody. He will avoid jail time. Uh, that guy, his name is Brandon McGlone, 49 years old. He's going he's gonna to participate in a diversion treatment as part of his plea deal. Why did Alameda County Superior Court give him this sweet deal? Well, because the Alameda County District Attorney, Pamela Price, ran on racial equity. And you see the man who was wielding the axe and threatening people and setting students on fire, he's a black guy. And his victims were not black. And so if you run on a platform explicitly of giving black people leniency in the criminal justice system, going harder relatively on everybody else, then that's the sort of thing you're going to get. You are going to get, you are going to get axe-wielding, blowtorch-bearing attackers released with no jail time. Now, Midwestern grannies who take selfies in the Capitol Rotunda we need to throw those guys, in, I'm sorry, those gals into solitary confinement. We need to lock them up and throw away the key. That, that Florida man who smiled while holding Nancy Pelosi's lectern, that guy's going to get three hots and a cot in an orange jumpsuit, okay? Oh man, the horn hat fella who got a private tour of the Capitol escorted by police, that guy, oh baby, lock him up. But the blowtorch wielding axe-wielding, would-be murderer. No jail time. That's our criminal justice system. That's white supremacy. <laughs> that's, that's our white privilege, white supremacy, structurally racist system. Things getting pretty wonky out there. It seems like if you want to protect and diversify your portfolio, you might want to check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home, quote, Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There are three reasons these central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there's one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times. You know what it is. Gold. You can own gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account without Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. The best part is you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898 for your free info kit. They will hold your hand through the entire process. Think about this. When currencies fail, 
gold as a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold today. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. That is Knowles to 989898. Meanwhile, in the case of the hero Marine who protected a subway car full of passengers in New York from a violent criminal, what's going on with him? That guy has made his first public statement. So you know, the, the liberal politicians have made a big deal out about this. This should have been an open and shut case. He wasn't charged with a crime initially. It was so obvious. You had this, this guy, Jordan Neely, who had been arrested 40 plus times for violent crimes, by the way. He, he punched a, a 60-something-year-old woman in the face, broke her nose, and gave her a black eye. He assaulted another 60-year-old guy. He was threatening people on the subway. He told people, I don't care if I have to kill an effer. I'm, I'm not afraid to die. He was acting very erratic and threatening, and this hero Marine takes him down. The guy should be given a ticker tape parade. The guy should be given a key to the city. Instead, though, because we live in such a cynical political order that is collapsing around us, you had the liberal politicians say, oh, he's a racist because the, the criminal was black and the hero Marine is white. And so it gave an opportunity for the libs to say, oh, this is racism. You know all about that white supremacy. It's, it's just around the corner over there, that white supremacy. It's hiding under a rock. I know you might not be able to see it, but trust me, it's there. And so this guy then was charged with a crime and his life is almost certainly going to be ruined. So Daniel Penny has broken his silence. Here's what he had to say. He said, this had nothing to do with race. I judge a person based on their character. I'm not a white supremacist. I mean, if it's a little bit comical, everybody who's ever met me can tell you I love all people. I love all cultures. You can tell by my past and all my travels and adventures around the world. I was actually planning a road trip through Africa before this happened. Man, this is so sad. This is so sad. I'm not making fun of the guy. I'm not even criticizing the guy, but this is sad that this was his reaction because it's desperate and it's not going to work. And it reminds me of one of those last scenes from Breaking Bad when Walt is, is begging the drug dealer gangster to spare the life of his brother-in-law. And Walt doesn't realize what's happening. Sorry, man. Just no scenario where this guy lives. No, 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 listen. I have money. I have money. It's buried out here. It's $80 $80 million. How about it, Hank? Should I let you go? My name is Asak Schrader. You can go f*** yourself. Hank. Listen to me. You gotta tell him. You gotta tell him now that we can work this out. Please. Please. What? You want me to beg? You're the smartest guy I ever met. And you're too stupid to see. He made up his mind 10 minutes ago. Do what you're gonna do. This guy, Daniel Penny, he's obviously extremely courageous. He's a very accomplished guy. He seems not to realize that the liberal mob made up its mind 10 minutes ago. There's no amount of, I'm not a racist, I'm not a racist, that could ever convince AOC to lay off the attacks. Nobody seriously believes, no no even semi-serious person, 
believes that Daniel Penny is a racist. No even semi-serious person believes that there is structural racism or white supremacy or any of this other nonsense in America. That's obviously not true. You can be an axe-wielding, blowtorch-wielding black man who sets Berkeley students on fire. You'll get off without jail time. That is how, that is how not white supremacist our country is, okay? That is how not <laughs> white privilege affirming our country is. It's a, it's a farce. It's a joke. We live in a country where the only de jure structural racism is to give advantage to black people and to a lesser degree Hispanic people in university admissions and job hiring and to give and to discriminate against white people and to a lesser degree Asian people in those same things. Nobody seriously believes this. It's just a cudgel. It's just a weapon to be used. And so now to Daniel Penny's credit, he was asked, would you do it again? And he said, yes. He said, you know, I live an authentic and genuine life, and I would, if there was a threat and danger in the present, I would do it again. So he's not totally backing off and saying, I regret this. Please, mob, please forgive me. Obviously not. He's a very courageous guy. But this, I'm not a racist, I'm not a racist defense is not going to work. It's, it's preposterous that this guy should even be expected to debase himself by answering that question are you a racist? He's a United States Marine who protected a, a subway car full of innocent people. If, if I can judge by every subway car I've ever been on, probably people of all sorts of races and all sorts of backgrounds. The, the, he's not convincing anybody with that defense. You will not convince anybody by saying, I'm not a racist. The libs want to call you a racist. Let the libs call you whatever ism and phobia and whatever nonsense they want to call you. It, you should not even dignify that with a response. Meanwhile, the civil rights movement has moved way past race. Now the civil rights fad du jour is, of course, the alleged civil right to chop your genitals off and to barge into the women's locker room, into the women's bathroom, even if you're a hulking dude. So there, there are laws around the country in states that Republicans control attempting to protect women and protect their rights and their privileges and their spaces. And the pro-trans crowd is becoming violent. They're not becoming violent. They are violent. And they are expressing this violence time and time and time again. So this just happened in the Nebraska State House. Uh, troopers had to arrest six people in the Nebraska State Capitol for a number of different events, one of which was caught on security camera. We have the footage, and it's one of these pro-trans people punching a cop in the face. And then the cops take down the pro-trans dude and all the rest of these miscreant-looking people. <laughs> Doesn't arrest all of them. Probably they should. But arrests the ones who are becoming particularly violent. What do we make of this? Do we, do we conclude, oh, wow, look at the hypocrisy? Do we conclude, oh, wow, if the shoe were on the other foot? No, no, we all know that already. The lesson to be drawn from the insurrection at the Nebraska State House. Oh, I'm sorry. No, wonderful civil rights movement. <laughs> when pro-trans activists become violent and start punching cops in the face, that's a wonderful movement for civil rights. That's an expression of our sacred democracy. That, uh, John Adams and George Washington, they would be standing up and applauding in heaven. But when Midwestern grannies take selfies in the Capitol Rotunda, that, of course, is the worst terrorist attack ever on U.S. soil. That's a near coup d'etat that almost shredded the Constitution. Try to keep up. Now, what do we conclude? 
we conclude that the next time the Democrats try to push their January 6th narrative or whatever, I'm sorry, they're January 6th, the worst day in the history of politics. The next time that the liberals try to push that for the next January 6th, for the next one of these preposterous uh, media narratives, don't buy it. It was always nonsense. There is no even standard that is being applied. There is, if the libs can argue that there is white supremacy and that black men are being hunted down and rounded up by the police and by the roving Ku Klux Klan, I'm not sure there's a single actual member left of the Ku Klux Klan. If there are any, I assume they're all federal agents spying on each other. If the libs can seriously argue that in the year of our Lord, 2023, then they will argue anything. If the libs can seriously argue that a man is a woman, they're going to argue anything, okay? So we don't need to take that seriously. This is my message to the people in the middle, the center left, center right, little bit squishy kind of people. There is no credibility here. When NBC and CNN, and they all run the next January 6th hoax, just don't buy it. It's not real. They don't mean it. It doesn't refer to anything real. It's just propaganda. Now, speaking of transgenderism, we're how many days out? Oh boy, about eight days out from everything being painted rainbow for at least a month. I mean, we're already sort of there. May has now been colonized by the LGBT. That's pre-Pride Month. There's June, that's Pride Month. Part of July, that's post-Pride Month. Then you have October, that's LGBT History Month. So we're now coming up on about a quarter of the calendar, or a third of the calendar, rather, that is extremely gay. And Target seems to be leading the way in terms of retail stores. Target now has a, a full-on LGBT rainbow trans line. Here is a, a woman shopping in this section. Target because I heard that their new pride collection was out. So let's take a look. This is a special swimsuit. It is invented for tucking. Live, laugh, lesbian. Are they amoebas? These don't even look like people. Queer, queer. This right here. These are baby clothes. They say that grooming isn't happening. Then why are there pride baby onesies? Trans people will Baby onesies. Exist. Not this even for little kids, little babies. I don't care if you're queer. Why would you wear this? This is ugly. Kids go into a, a pride parade. You get a little pride skirt for your kid. Super queer. It's like a, it's like a superpower. Honestly, Target, what is going on? This is pretty disgusting. A whole collection for pride. The tucking bathing suit, though. Th this is something new. I have yet to see a bathing suit that is for tucking. Tucking. So I, I was a little unclear on exactly what the, what, and it, it's what it sounds like. It turns out it's what it sounds like. Target now has women's bathing suits that are meant so that men can hide or disguise their uh, appendages. And some pro-trans activists are very upset that there aren't enough, there isn't a great, great enough variety of these kinds of women's bathing suits for men. By the way, I have a solution for that. If you're a man and you want to find a bathing suit that allows you to hide or not totally showcase your male genitalia, you can buy a, a men's bathing suit. 
And then if you, and actually the men's bathing suits are built specifically for that. You don't, it, you, I know that modern consumerism and capitalism has advanced to such a degree that we have so many options for everything. But you don't, if you're a man, you actually don't need to buy a women's bathing suit built for a man. You can skip that middle step, cut out the middle man. You can buy a bathing suit just made for a man. Uh, speaking of great products and making sure everything fits just right, you, when you want to replace your propane tank and put it in your grill, you got to check out Cinch. Right now, go to cinch.com, use code Knowles. Picture it. The perfect summer night. Imagine the warm breeze on your face as you lounge in your favorite chair outside. The grill is sizzling with juicy, luscious burgers. The aroma of the food is irresistible. Your mouth waters as you wait for it to be cooked to perfection. Boy, this is getting saucy. Now imagine what this perfect summer night would look like if you went to turn on the grill and your propane tank was empty. That's where our friends at Cinch come in. Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. They deliver propane grill tanks right to your door. Cinch delivers on your schedule and requires no long-term commitment or subscription. Plus, delivery is completely contactless. You don't have to wait around at home. Track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. Whether you're grilling steaks or lighting up the patio heaters on a cold night, Cinch's propane delivery service ensures that you have the fuel you need to make the most of every moment. Go online to cinch.com or download the Cinch app to order. New customers get their first tank exchange for just 10 bucks with promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Cinch.com or download the Cinch app. Use promo code Knowles to get your first tank exchange for just 10 bucks. It's a limited time offer. You must live within a Cinch service area to redeem it. Visit cinch.com slash offer for details. With Father's Day coming up, I've been thinking about how grateful I am that my father did not become a woman. For all of his accomplishments, many, many accomplishments, the greatest might be my own life, or at least from my perspective. Without my father, I wouldn't be here. And while that might be a strange thing to say, we live in strange times. So we shouldn't take the simplest gifts for granted. Show your appreciation and gratitude for your dad making the bold choice to remain the gender he was assigned at birth with a gift from Jeremy's Razors. And right now, they've got 30% off on select bundles and razor starter kits. They're 100% woke-free and unashamed to celebrate masculinity. So this Father's Day, don't just give your dad any gift. Give him Jeremy's razors, the gift that says, thank you, dad, for being and staying a man. Thank you for manzitioning. <laughs> Go to jeremysrazors.com today to take 30% off our razors and not 100% off your genitalia. Can we please give a raise to whoever is writing the copy for Jeremy's razors? <laughs> that is some real primo work, folks. Target obviously going in the other direction here. Target totally embracing transgenderism. Now, you heard in that video of the woman taking the tour of the, the Target trans department, she says, look, I don't care if you're queer, but, but why are you wearing this ugly clothing? And it's a kind of a funny line, but you, you see some people seriously say that. They'll say, listen, I don't care if you're trans. I don't care if you're a man who identifies as a woman. Just don't do it to the kids. Why not? Why not do it to the kids? Uh, yeah, we shouldn't do it to the kids. Why shouldn't we do it to the kids? Because it's obviously 
a false ideology, because men can't really become women, because it's terribly harmful to people and it chops up their bodies and rips flesh off their forearms and off their calves and creates a permanent wound that's going to hook them on medical treatments for the rest of their lives that are going to really harm their bone density, that's going to probably cripple them, or very likely could cripple them, that's going to maybe render them sterile, that's going to give them all sorts of problems because there are very high rates of regret. There's a new a new data set, largest data set on this issue we've ever seen, that shows rates of transition regret and detransition are not the 1% or 2% that we've been told by the libs, but actually as high as 30%. Boy, that's pretty scary. Why else? Because it's tied to anxiety and depression and suicidality, and because the transition process, hormonal and surgical, does not fix any of those problems. In fact, the largest data set we have on that particular question shows that those particular uh, mental problems that go along with the transition process don't get any better. And in fact, on one of them, it appears to get worse on the question of anxiety. So that would be all the reasons why we shouldn't do it to kids. But if all that's true, why are we doing it to adults? Why are we permitting this? We never permitted this before at any kind of scale in our culture. Why would we start now? Well, this is America, and if, in America, you should be able to have a doctor chop off your genitals. That's never been true. That has never been, no one thought that. My opinion, uh, my public opinion on transgenderism, they call me a, a genocidal maniac because I said we shouldn't tolerate this. My public opinion on transgenderism is no different from Barack Obama's in 2014, okay? Who are the radicals here? Obviously, this ideology is wicked and should be eradicated from public life entirely, for the good of all of society and for the good of children, and especially, though, for the good of the poor people who fall in prey to that confusion. Where does the ideology come from? I have suggested, and I have been criticized and even mocked, would you believe it, for suggesting this. I have suggested that attacks on the complementarity of the sexes and on the integrity of the human person, body, and soul have not just a biological foundation, not even just an ideological foundation, but a spiritual foundation. I've suggested that going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, that damned old devil, those, all of his little demons, they uh, really hate human beings and really try to mess with us in our understanding of ourselves. This is the tr- traditional understanding of uh, spiritual warfare in our civilization, and I've been mocked for that. Michael, you crazy, satanic, panic you're a maniac, Michael, for suggesting that Satanism has something to do with this ideology. So just on this example, we're talking about Target. We're talking about their new pro-trans clothing line. Who do you think designed the clothes? I mean, the actual people who designed the clothes. Uh, This guy. This guy whose handle on Instagram is A.B. Pralinuk. You can see here. He's got a mustache and a, a piercing in the middle of his nose. 99.9% of the time, dead giveaway, something's going on here. And he's got these horns, these kind of demon devil goat horns on his head and a leather collar on. And then he's got this demon devil goat head on his shirt. And it says Satan respects pronouns with a trans logo. Trans logo is a combination of the female logo and the male logo. And then both of them together sticking out. This, if you look on your iPhone right now, I tried to post the, the male and female emojis recently, and I realized they're gone. At least for my iPhone, they're gone, and they, they've, they've been replaced by the trans icon. You're seeing this, this transgender ideology everywhere in the culture. And at least one of the guys designing the clothing 
is literally a Satanist. <laughs> I know people laugh, but that's the way it is. This guy posts on on uh, line, he, on his Instagram and elsewhere. He says, this has been hard to keep quiet. I'm pr- now proud to announce that you can buy AB Pralin in US targets. Part one of the range includes a messenger bag, a tote, and a sweatshirt. Okay, cool. Wow, that's great. One of my favorite and most popular designs. Here it is. And then he says, Satan loves you and respects who you are. You're important and valuable in this world, and you deserve to treat yourself with love and respect. LGBT plus people are often referred to as a product of Satan or going against God's will. So fine, we'll hang with Satan instead. Now, then he clarifies. He says, Satanists don't actually believe in Satan. He's merely used as a symbol of passion, pride, and liberty. He means to you what you mean to him. So for me, Satan is hope, compassion, equality, and love. So naturally, Satan respects pronouns. He loves all LGBT plus people. I went with a variation of Baphomet, another demon, for this design, a deity who themselves is a mixture of genders, beings, ideas, and existences. They reject binary stereotypes and expectations. Perfect. Okay, so I got in trouble with our publicists over at Media Matters for making this exact point. I said, depictions of the demonic tend toward transgender depictions. And we see this most especially in the depiction of Baphomet, which is, uh, there's a particular drawing of Baphomet by an occultist named Eliphas Levy, and he's half dude and half chick, jumbled up in a way that's really messed up. And I was attacked for saying that. Here's a pro-trans Satanist himself designing Target's trans line, who's saying, Michael, you're exactly right. You're, you're exactly right, even in the example that you're using. I love that when he says, he goes, look, we worship Satan, we love Satan, we use satanic imagery everywhere, but we don't, we don't really worship Satan. We're really just worshiping ourselves and our own uh, base desires and our pride. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what Satanism has always been. <laughs> That's what Satanism has been, going back to the Garden of Eden when the promise from the serpent to Eve was, ye shall be as gods. Do what you want to do. Don't follow what God told you to do. Do what you want to do, and ye shall be as gods. That has always been what Satanism is. We need much broader freedom of association in this country. Because as of now, we are told that if you don't support this, like Baphomet dude, wearing pins that say trans witches for abortion and all this kind of very demonic imagery. If you don't do that, you'll get in trouble with the Civil Rights Division. You'll get in trouble with the EEOC. You'll get in trouble with the NLR, but you will, you will have your life ruined if you say, actually, we're, we are going to discriminate at our business. We're not going to have the, the pro-trans line. We're not going to accept Satanism as a religious expression. We're not going to accept this false anthropology. We're not going to let dudes dress up like chicks. We're not going to allow that. You'll have your business destroyed. We need far greater freedom of association in this country. The country is premised in large part on freedom of association. Freedom of association has been severely hampered in recent decades. And what the libs always say is that if you reinstitute freedom of association, people are going to target black people. Oh, the black people are going to bear the brunt. Does anyone seriously believe that? Does anybody in America, do, do you, a business owner, are you planning to say, oh, I'm never going to hire black people anymore. I'm never going to let black people into my business. Of course not. Of course not. Now, how about on the flip side? 
Does anybody really believe that we have an obligation as Americans to exalt witchcraft and Satanism and a false anthropology? I don't think so. I do not think so. But the companies are stuck right now. Transheiser Bush is in hot water. Transheiser Bush just had the worst thing happen to it that could possibly happen to it. You know that the sales for Bud Light have been declining dramatically. It, it, and that's true of, of even other AB InBev beverages, Bud Heavy and uh, other beers. Now it's started to level off for the other companies. It, they're, they're still declining in sales, but the rate at which they're declining has, has leveled off. For Bud Light though, it's just a precipitous drop. And now on top of that, Transheiser Bush has just lost its perfect score from the human rights campaign, that's a pro-LGBT organization, uh, from their corporate equality index. And why did they lose their perfect score? Because Transheiser Bush tried to stand in the middle of the road and they're going to get hit by a truck. And they did, just did get hit by a truck. They tried to have it both ways. So they irritated the customer base, which has now abandoned it. And they've irritated the, the Gestapo over there at the human rights campaign. And it's not just this one group, it's the institutional investors. It's the major asset managers like BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. It's GARM. It's the industry-wide coalition that says that we are going to support transgenderism and we're going to suppress speech that opposes transgenderism. And so now, because they didn't defend Dylan Mulvaney hard enough, they've lost their perfect score, which is going to hurt them among investors. It's going to hurt them in the eyes of the small group of radical liberal elites who are going to wield corporate power to install their unpopular and absurd ideologies. The transgender stuff is obviously not coming from the people. This is not a grassroots movement. The vast majority of Americans think transgenderism is totally bunk, and an even greater vast majority of Americans don't want the ideology anywhere near their kids. So this is not just power to the people. We're finally going to have our rights to chop our genitals off. This is coming from a radical, small group of elites. And so it's ironic that the Associated Press right now, which is a very far left, increasingly far left news organization, has come out and said that it's actually the anti-trans activism that is coming from a small group of elites. Uh, the AP says, with more than a dozen states enacting laws limiting gender-affirming care, means gender-denying care, for transgender minors, namely confused kids who are being abused by the adults around them, an AP analysis found that many of those bills stemmed not from a grassroots movement, but from a handful of conservative interest groups' model legislation. And to that I say, yeah, sure, probably. There, there, there is more of a grassroots movement against transgenderism, obviously, than there is for transgenderism, because parents are seeing their kids being taught this stuff and are, in a fairly organic way, showing up to school board meetings to protest it. But yeah, it, it's true. Both of these things are true. There are committed groups with clear political visions who are running political campaigns for and against transgenderism. That's not a big shock. That's not a huge conspiracy. That is true of every political movement. Every political movement is advanced by a small and determined group of people. Most people just have other things to do, and they don't pay very close attention to politics, and they don't spend all of their life printing out palm cards and campaigning and knocking on doors and showing up to public meetings. It's always, whether we're talking about the Bolsheviks, whether we're talking about the Tea Party, whether we're talking about any political movement ever, 
It's a small group of people, which is why conservatives need to expand their imagination, okay? Because conservatives, we sometimes think, well, how are we going to convince the median voter, the suburban moms? The libs never think about that. The libs never think, how are we going to convince American women that their babies aren't really babies and we should be able to murder them? The, the, the libs never think, well, how are we, oh, goodness, don't, we might lose the suburbs, the suburban moms, if we, if we try to trans their kindergartners in the public school. They never, they just, they just go for it. They have a broad political imagination. In fact, that's one of their, their slogans. They say, some people see things that are and say, why? I dream things that never were and say, why not? It's a line from JFK. His brother RFK used it. Democrats have used it for many, many years. It comes from a socialist playwright. It actually comes from the mouth of the devil in the socialist playwright's play about the Garden of Eden. It ties right in with all the rest of the liberal political vision. But that's what they do. Why don't conservatives do that too? It's a small, determined band of people that per- persuade the public. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. All right, let's get more determined. Let's get even clearer. Let's keep pushing. My favorite comment on Friday is from Sarah. Sarah says, if a reparations tax is forced on me, I will Boston Tea Party, the SHIT out of it, just a friendly heads up. Good to know. I think a lot of people think that way. And there is a tie-in, both to the racial politics and the drag trans stuff, which is that at that original Boston Tea Party, the colonists who boarded the ships and threw the tea into the river dressed up like Indians. Even though they were very, very white people, they dressed up like Indians. So who knows? Now, if you're going to uh, uh, Boston Tea Party, the reparations, I don't know exactly how to do that. Who knows? You'll have many, many more costumes available to you. We're in a much more theatrical and eccentric age. Okay, very important story. As we approach Pride Month, something tells me there's going to be more LGBT stuff in the news. There is a Nebraska state senator. Her name is Senator Michaela Kavanaugh. She has made, I think, one of the relatively most articulate arguments in support of the transgender ideology and policies that affirm this ideology that I have ever heard. Senator Kavanaugh, take it away. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. She goes on for another like two or three minutes, but I, I think I've got the broad strokes of the argument. My favorite part of the clip is that no one joined in. She was obviously trying to start a chant for everybody. Like, it's like a guy who gets up in a baseball game. Here we go, Yankees. Here we go. Here we go, Yankees. Why aren't they joining in? Here we go. Here we go. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll just sit down then. So nobody, nobody joined in to the chant. Why did this lady recite these mantras over and over again? Rather than making an argument, rather than presenting evidence, why did she just chant, we need, we love, we do this, that, do Why did she do that? Because the left-wing political agenda, and especially the transgender agenda, is less a matter of rational argument and much more a matter of, of occult ecstasy, spiritual ecstasy. It's not just the trans agenda, though. It's the climate, activism, it's all the rest of it. We need to save the planet. How dare you? No. Ah! 
ah, you know, they just, they just sort of yell and scream and they don't make calm, clear arguments. What is her thesis in this mantra? We need trans people. My first reaction to that was, do, do we? Are we, one, is there any such thing as trans people? I don't think so, because the premise of transgenderism is that you can be the opposite sex secretly, but, but, but have the physical appearance of the other sex, and that isn't true. So we don't, is, do we have a shortage of trans people? There aren't enough trans people. We need to make more trans people. We need to encourage more people to, to become trans. Well, actually, that's what the conservatives are accusing the libs of doing. And the libs are saying, we're not doing that. We're not grooming anybody. We're not encouraging people to do this. But obviously they are. And this woman is admitting that implicitly with her mantra. We need what, even if trans people existed as a real ontological category, which they don't, but let's say they did, what would we need them uniquely to do? Is there something they could, can they fly? Can they read minds? Can they, what special gift does this group of people have that other people don't have? This is the same kind of argument that the libs make. This is a more fantastical version of it, obviously, but this is the same kind of argument that the libs make when they say, we need millions of illegal aliens from Venezuela to come across every year because without them, who will pick our grapes? As though Venezuelans have this unique ability to pick grapes and uh, no other group of people on the face of the earth can pick grapes. Or what the libs say, they don't even realize how condescending this is. They'll say, we need all these Venezuelans to come across to America because we need them to clean our toilets. Do you think, how offensive is that to Venezuelans and to everybody else? It's offensive to everybody. To say this group of people, they are preternaturally gifted at scrubbing toilets. And also every other person on earth black, white, Asian, other kinds of Hispanic who don't come over in hordes. Those people, they're just not able to do it. They get a scrub brush. They just think, oh, what do I do with this? They put, rub it on the ceiling. They, oh, where does this thing go? You know, we don't need, you could make an argument that we want to take more Hispanic migrants across the Rio Grande. We want to do that because of X, Y, and Z. Or we want, you could make the argument, we want people to engage in sexually deviant behaviors or sexually destructive behaviors. You could make that argument, probably wouldn't be very persuasive. See, we need to enshrine this false and destructive ideology in our public life. I don't, just don't really see it. One story I've got to get to before, before we get into our member block today. This is so delightful my favorite story of the day. Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama made her signature initiative when she was first lady, uh, giving students less tasty lunches at school. Said, no, you can't, you can't have pizza. You can't have all these delicious lunches. We're going we're gonna to take away your milk and stuff. We're going to force you to have all this supposedly healthy stuff. School children around America groaned for eight years. So Michelle Obama now has her own health drink. Her health drink is called Plazy, P-L-E-Z-I. According to a new report from Bloomberg, which is a left-wing outlet, Michelle Obama's health drink would fail the health standards set by the Obama administration. Bloomberg discussed with 12 independent health professionals and organizations, they discovered that Plazy's current flavors would not meet the requirements to be served at elementary and middle schools. 
If that is not the story of liberalism, I don't know what is. Do not do what we say, not what we do. We're going to create one set of rules for everybody else, and then we are going to violate these rules. And we're going to call our behavior more virtuous than anybody else's, even though it is in fact more vicious. If that is not, that's, I might buy some Plazy. Just, I'm going to frame it. I, I could put it up in my office. That sums it up. And a Michelle Obama health drink is worth a thousand words. It's Music Monday, baby. We've got a song coming up by one of the people I'm told is one of the most secretly conservative popular musicians out there, Lana Del Rey. You don't want to miss it. If you are merely a member of the Hoi Polloi out there getting the freebie show, you got to sign up, dailywire.com slash Knowles, promo code Knowles. Get two months free on all annual plans. See you there.